today's Leading Women episode 446 with the wonderful Jennifer Louise. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Podcast your passion. Yes, did you know you can podcast your passion, make a difference, and make money talking about what you love talking about? That's how I get to do what I'm doing, talking to wonderful women every day. Here are today's leading women. Want to learn how I did it? Go to podcastyourpassion.com. That's www.podcastyourpassion.com. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Jennifer Louise. Jennifer Louise is an entrepreneur who started her own small food business out of her graduate school apartment, sold products to Fortune 500 retailers, and six years later, successfully sold the company. She has since founded Small Food Business, which provides practical business information and strategic advice for food business entrepreneurs, and whose mission is to empower and inspire food entrepreneurs by providing up-to-date industry news, as well as the regulatory business and strategic information they need to successfully compete in today's marketplace. When not writing about or researching the world of artisan food business ownership, you can usually find Jennifer running around the lake with her husband and dogs or baking with one or more of her three favorite ingredients, chocolate, butter, and sugar. To learn more about Jennifer, go to www.smallfoodbiz.com. Women of the world, Miss Jennifer Louise, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. I am delighted to have you in the show, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So, Jennifer, I really love what you're doing with your business, especially with Small Food Biz. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, the sweat equity, the knowledge and experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment anytime about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and idea behind the niche? Absolutely. Um, so my business is an online resource for food entrepreneurs. And the idea behind the niche is that food entrepreneurs face very specific challenges that might not apply to other industries because we have both um, city, county, state, and federal regulations. And those all differ country to country as well. And so the idea was that there was no resource available to food entrepreneurs. And I wanted to create something that would enable food entrepreneurs, small food entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs to be able to start to compete against some of our bigger mass manufactured competitors. 
Mm, I love what I'm hearing about your business, how it evolved and how, how the idea came about. The idea came as a result of you wanting to help other food entrepreneurs by providing the resources because you knew there was not many resources and tools for small food entrepreneurs out there to compete with the bigger ones. Great that you shared that one with us. But what continues to inspire you doing this business? Well, you know, what initially inspired me, I was a food entrepreneur myself, um, and I had a unique background in that I was had previously both been a professional pastry chef and I had also earned my MBA. And so I was working in a shared commercial kitchen, which for those who don't know, um, in the U.S. right now, there are these kitchen facilities where entrepreneurs can rent um, sort of subspace for a little bit of time. So they might be able to rent 15 hours a week. And it enables food entrepreneurs to get into a regulated commercial kitchen as they are required to do by law in most states and produce their food products without having to buy or build their own commercial kitchen because that's very expensive. And so while I was working in this commercial kitchen space, what happened is I would be talking to all these other entrepreneurs during the day. And what I found was that, you know, all of us as food entrepreneurs were running into challenges and we had no, no one to talk to. Um, no one to share our ideas with, no one to ask questions of. And so that's really what inspired the site and what inspired um, the whole business in the in the beginning. What continues to inspire me now is honestly the readers who write in um, and who are asking questions and are coming up against challenges that I might not have thought of before. It's just so inspiring for me to hear from them, hear what they're doing, hear the the challenges that they're facing and then try to help them solve that because there are food entrepreneurs out there who are doing amazing things, but because they're a small entrepreneur, you know, they face challenges of time and money like most small entrepreneurs do. And so just trying to figure out, okay, how can we as a small food business community all work together and raise small food business, um, small food business entrepreneurs as a whole. Mm, what a compelling inspiration and what a compelling vision that you shared with us. I mean, you were inspired by uh, entrepreneurs, uh, food entrepreneurs out there, there small biz, uh, food biz entrepreneurs out there who you knew were needed help. And now you're getting, because you provided these resources, you provided this uh, community to help uh, lift them up uh, and being able to compete with large food companies. Now you're getting great feedback from them and that there's nothing that is so gratifying than hearing those uh, that we impacted other people's people's lives or businesses because of what we do great that you shared that one with us now let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this idea or that turned this inspiration into a reality can you share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from yeah, you know, I I think that the personality traits that I draw on the most, um, and it's probably very similar to a lot of entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs out there, is first and foremost, I'm very driven. Um, you had mentioned earlier that entrepreneurship and inputting the sweat equity, I mean, entrepreneurship is hard. It's incredibly gratifying. It's incredibly wonderful. It's a great roller coaster ride to be on, but it's a lot of hard work. And so I am very driven. I am very type A. Uh, if given a choice, I would probably happily work 100 hours a week. I don't. Um, but that's just part of my personality is that I'm a very driven person. 
I think also one thing that's key in entrepreneurship, if you're going to start a business or you're already in your business, is you do have to be passionate about what it is that you're working on. And as I just mentioned, you know, it's the entrepreneurs that I interact with daily that inspire me um, and it get me excited in the morning. And you have to still have that passion because entrepreneurship is so hard. Um, if you're not passionate about what you're working on, then it's really hard to keep that momentum going. And then I think lastly, uh, and this serves me well because my site is um, a resource for food entrepreneurs. And so I'm constantly looking for what's happening in the industry. What are some uh, social media changes that food entrepreneurs might be able to take advantage of? And so the trait that I think I draw on for that is that I'm extraordinarily curious. I just want to understand what's going on. Why is it going on? What's happening in the macroeconomic economy? How might that impact my uh, small food entrepreneur in rural Virginia, for example? And so I'm just very curious and always trying to look at the industry from multiple different angles and try to essentially try to solve problems or answer questions before those food entrepreneurs even knew that they had it. That's ultimately my goal. I certainly don't always get there and I, I always look to readers to give me feedback and advice and ask questions to help prompt new ideas. But ultimately, I'm really trying to um, answer questions before they knew they had it. Mm, all right. So that's being driven, being passionate and being curious. Great personal qualities or traits here that Jennifer uh, shared with us. And the good news is that we can all cultivate and adapt these traits in our lives, in our business building activities. So having that drive, having that passion, I know passion, this, this has been a theme all over our today's Lean Women show, you have you probably our listeners have already you know heard this a million times, but it's really important to have passion for what you do. You have to love what you do, otherwise, you're not gonna have the fuel or the energy to move past the obstacles or challenges that you face along the way. Because like what Jennifer just shared with us, building a business is hard. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of energy. But the rewards are enormous. You have no idea uh, on the, what's waiting for you on the other side. So for us who have, who have experienced that other side, we can, we can always talk so fondly about it. But for those our listeners who are just starting out, you, you probably haven't once haven't seen this or you probably don't understand but like what uh, Jennifer shared with us it's so important to have that passion for what you do love what you do or do something that you love so that would fuel you to move your business forward great takeaway Sarah thanks for sharing now let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as an entrepreneur you know as entrepreneurs we face daily challenges that define our being and to get through those challenges takes a very special person and our audience wants to know that special person in you. So what have been your biggest challenges building your business and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? You know, I think my my three biggest challenges stem from two main points. Um, and again, I think it's pretty common in entrepreneurship. Um, and that is the ideas of time and money. Um, those are sort of the, they're always conflicting one another. I think, you know, the, the first biggest challenge that I've always faced is that like many of your listeners, I have a lot of ideas and I have a lot of things that I want to do, but 
in order to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to execute on those ideas. I say, I always tell folks it's the quote, shiny object syndrome. Somebody who has a lot of ideas, that's wonderful, but you have to be able to actually take those ideas, implement them and see them through to fruition if you really want your business to grow. And so for me, one of the challenges has been sifting through all of those ideas and then determining which of those ideas is actually going to help move my business forward. And am I going to dedicate my time? time to working on because you have limited time as an entrepreneur. You simply cannot do everything and you certainly cannot do everything well. So figuring out what is it that I'm really going to work towards. And for me, the way that I do that is every year at the beginning of the year, I actually sit down and I do a small business plan for the year and I lay out, I have three things that I'm going to work on for this year. And I don't allow myself any more ideas than that. Um, I may have a I certainly have other ideas. I will just sort of set those aside and say, after I complete these first three, then I can start working on the others. But otherwise, it's too easy for me to get distracted by the other ideas and not actually finish anything that I start. And that, like I said, that doesn't move your business forward. I think another challenge that I have um, on the, the money side of it, especially when I started out, it's this dilemma of how much money are you willing to invest in the business before you understand what the return is going to be. And as, on, as an entrepreneur, at some point, you're going to have to invest some amount of money, and depending on what your business is, that amount is going to differ. But you're going to have to invest some amount of money either to start the business or to take the business to the next level. And you can all the planning you can do and all the strategic thinking you can do, but at some point, you just have to take the leap and say, okay, I'm willing to invest some money into this. And I, I believe off of all my research and everything that I, I think about the industry and the marketplace that this will have a return, but you can't be 100% certain. And I always struggle with that. Um, you know, I, w I personally would love every dollar that I put in to return $2. That doesn't always happen. But, you know, that's, that's my goal. And so it's for me, the challenge is getting to that point and then saying, okay, I'm just going to trust that this is going to work out after I've done all the planning that I can, and I'm going to invest the money. And I'm just, like I said, I'm going to trust that this is going to work out. And then lastly, the other big challenge I have is, um, and this is on my, on my personal uh, list this year to, to, to work on and to learn. And this was on my personal list last year to work on and learn. So it's an ongoing um, learning experience for me. And that's being in control of my own schedule and not letting my schedule be in control of me. That's something that I really struggle with. As I mentioned earlier, I'm really driven. If I could, I would work 100 hours a week. Um, but right now, you know, between my dogs, my husband, I also have an infant daughter. So it's just not possible. I, you know, where I am in my life, it is not possible to do that. Nor do I ultimately want to work 100 hours a week because I do have these other aspects of my life that are important to me. But because I love the entrepreneurs that I work with and that I talk to, it's very easy or it, I'm inclined to just say yes whenever anybody says, oh, can I have a 20-minute call? Or, you know, I want to answer an email really quickly, make sure I get back to somebody really quickly. But I have to be very careful about trying to balance my time with my family. Um, and so, I'm working to become in control of my schedule and set parameters on when I'm going to be working and when I'm going to be focused on family or on other aspects of my life. It's not something I get 100% of the time yet. It's, I would argue, my biggest struggle, um, but it's definitely something that I've earmarked as, as I need to work towards. It's something that I need to improve in myself to try and be a happier entrepreneur and try and be a happier 
partner and mom and person in general. Hmm, I love those takeaways with these challenges that you've shared with us, and I certainly can relate to all of them. I mean, uh, and I'm sure our listeners too, having too many ideas because we are creative individuals. We have ideas um, constantly. We are generating constant ideas because we are creative persons. We're, entrepreneurs are, are are by nature creative individuals, but it, the challenge is. Uh, which one to focus on and overcoming those distractions, those shiny object syndrome that we say. And it is really, really a challenge because I find that one myself, but I learn it the hard way with my mentor, John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. He has an acronym for FOCUS, which is FOCUS on one course until success. I lived by it. I start, yeah, it's, It constantly reminds me when I have a new idea coming up and I still haven't uh, seeing that first idea come to fruition, it really reminds me, it really grounds me. So you really have to, uh, for our listeners out there, to fight or, or these challenges of having too many ideas. You have to focus on one idea and see it through fruition because that's one way of getting to your goal a whole lot faster than being distracted. And of course, cash flow, where and how, how to invest, how much to invest for a positive ROI. That's a challenge, especially starting out. And the last one that... Um, Jennifer just shared with us, which is, I am really glad that you shared along with us because I am sure a lot of us are challenged with it. I mean, being in control of your schedule because we love what we do. I mean, we can work 24 hours. Um, if we have, if, yeah, if, because it seems like 24 hours is not enough because we love what we do. We are passionate and driven with what we do. But of mm-hmm. course, we also have other parts of our life and that segues us to the next topic, which is work-life balance. Uh, because, you know, one area of our life is our business, but there are other areas of our lives that are important as well. So let's talk about work-life balance because being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with us entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create the work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling men roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, Jennifer, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business? You know, it's it's funny because even though I do struggle with being in control of my schedule and providing myself with um, a little bit of leeway and time off, ultimately, I've actually found that when I do take time away from my business, even if it's just 45 minutes, um, I tend to come back a lot more uh, refreshed and invigorated and excited. So I do know conceptually that taking time off is... um, is ultimately beneficial for my business. So like I said, it's work-life balance is something that I'm working towards. Um, with regards to what I love to do, I'm really active. And so for me, it's being able to go out um, for a 45-minute run or an hour run with, and actually my husband comes and the dogs come, and now the baby's old enough to go into a jogging stroller, so she comes. And that is my absolute favorite thing in the world, because when you're out running, you cannot be looking at your smartphones, you can't be on social media, and now that the whole family can run together, that to me is sort of my most precious, crucial time. And I actually will schedule that into my schedule to make sure that as long as the weather is good, this my family is going to go out for a run on these days at these times because that's the hands down the most important thing to me and if i can get that accomplished every couple days i i personally just feel so much better the other 
thing as you were talking about this question, the thing that came to mind, especially because I do have an infant daughter, um, you know, I would argue for any entrepreneurs out there who are also doing the dual roles of being a mother or parent, or on the flip side, also potentially taking care of aging parents themselves or aging relatives, because you have to give so much of yourself to entrepreneurship, but you also have to give so much of yourself to that other role. The other thing that I've personally found really beneficial is to have one thing that you carve out that is just your own. Um, I personally go horseback riding. And the beautiful thing about horseback riding is, again, you cannot be on your cell phone and not fall off the horse. So it forces me to just focus on the present and on what I'm doing. And in that one hour a week that I go horseback riding, you know, I am neither entrepreneur, but I'm also not, you know, spouse. I'm not partner. I'm not mom. I'm just me. And it's really beneficial for me to just sort of sit and be in myself for an hour and remember who I am outside of all those other roles. Mm, great takeaway, sir. I love your tips on work-life balance. And let me just summarize them again for our listeners. So the first one is to, the bottom line actually is, is to take time off for yourself to refresh. I mean, going for a 45-minute outdoor run, that's not just uh, for your, to keep your fitness, to keep your health, but it also physically, uh, for your physical and mental well-being. It's just really important. We have to really make time to take care of ourselves, to take care of our health, because our health is the foundation of what we do. I mean, being a nurse myself, I have seen so many people suffering as a result of not putting their health a priority. So this is an area that I'm really passionate about, and I'm I am really um, an advocate of putting putting time to take care of ourselves, doing physical activities that keep us healthy and fit and uh, and and uh, and well. And then, of course, carving out time for yourself, or doing something that you love. Like, for example, with Jennifer, she goes horseback riding. That is your me time. That is a time for yourself. That is time for your uh, to be still, to come to calm down, to do not think of anything else, but to enjoy the present moment. For me. I, I love going for a massage because I feel like I am so relaxed after. I don't have to think of anything but the the good feeling, the physical and, and mental well-being that I feel uh, while having a massage. And then I go for long walks without anything because then I can appreciate nature. I can I can see what is what the beauty of my surroundings. So find things and carve out that time to go out for yourself. Be, be this is gonna be your me time because unless you you deliberately do this, you're not gonna find time to do it. So these tips that Jennifer uh, shared with us, let's uh, put them into action. Thanks for sharing those. Now, let's talk about success and what success means to you. Your business appears to be financially doing quite well and where that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, we'd like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? And what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success? I'm so glad that you mentioned that success is a mindset because that's something that I try to remind entrepreneurs that I work with as well, that success is very individual depending on where you are in your life, what it is that you need in your life, let's say financially, that 
you really need to determine for yourself what the definition of success is. Um, we so often tie it to a monetary number and that if a business is profitable, therefore it the entrepreneur must feel successful, but there's so many other things going on in the entrepreneur's life. So I personally always encourage entrepreneurs, you know, sit down, take stock of where your life is, and then figure out what is what does success look like for me? How will I know that I am having a successful business and a successful life? And for me, there are three main things that I look for. First and foremost, I'm always looking for is the is the smallfoodbiz.com website gaining new readers? Um, are those readers emailing me or talking on the site? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, are they engaged in what I'm producing? Um, that's the number one statistic that I always look at. And at the end of the year, I actually create a small annual report that I present to a couple folks who I have as advisors on my business and mentors for me as an entrepreneur. And that's what I present to them. And that is the benchmark we use to say, okay, do we feel that the business is being is um, successful and is moving in the right direction? And are the ideas that we're implementing, are they attracting new people to the site? The second thing that I use is a little bit more esoteric, and that is the, am I waking up every morning still excited about what I'm doing? Um, because there are so many other things that are going on in my life right now, you know, quite honestly, the time that I spend working on the business, while I do love it, is time that is spent away from my daughter. And so I have to make sure that am I still loving what I'm doing? Because if not, there's an opportunity cost there. And that opportunity cost is time missed with my daughter. Right now, I absolutely, I wake up so excited. I am in love with what I'm doing. I wake up before she gets up so I can get about an hour's worth of work done in the morning before she gets up. Um, and so I can then spend some time with her and then I'm back at work whenever she's napping or a couple days a week, I have some help. But really, it's for me that question of am I still excited about what I'm doing? Do I still get excited about the ideas and the stuff that we're working on for this year? So that's the second thing that I look for in terms of do I feel successful with what I'm doing? And then third for me is I do look for profitability. Um, you know, again, I'll caution that's not necessarily not necessarily a benchmark everybody wants to use or everyone wants to use right away. Uh, the small food biz site has been up and running for coming on five years now. Um, and because of how it is developed and because of some of the resources that are available, both free and paid to entrepreneurs on the site, that that does provide me with a revenue stream. And so I do look to say, okay, is the business profitable? Um, I go every quarter, um, in addition to keeping up my books regularly, every quarter I'll um, take a look and say, okay, how am I, uh, how am I performing this quarter as compared to last quarter of last year to see sort of how the business is trending? Am I on target with ultimately what I'm hoping to achieve from a financial standpoint for this business year? Hmm, I love your perspective on success. Yes, it really is a mindset. It's really very individual. I mean, your definition, has his own definition of success. It's really important to know what success means to you. I mean, for example, where the Jennifer, she covers these three areas that are important to her. Her business, are they achieving the goals that they set for, uh, for themselves with her business? Personal, is she still waking up every morning excited for what she does, for the ideas that you have, that she's working on? And of course, being profitable because we are in business to be profitable in order to you know, sustain our business. So it's really important to find uh, and then really know, really dig, dig deep down uh, what success means to you. Why are you in business? Why, why, 
Why do you, why did you have this business in the first place? Why did you put out this one? Because but then you know what does this means to me and when you know that 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 will help you uh you know go forward because you know it will give you some direction kind of direction on on where to go or how to go or where you or where you get where you want your business to go so it's really important to to know what the success means because it certainly guides you where you want your business to go and where your life where you want your life to go so great perspective there now, let's talk about one of the highlights of our show, and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be, especially to those who want to follow your footsteps. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience, so take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur, and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success, or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learned would you give your fellow entrepreneurs, knowing where you came from and where you headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? I, it's a that's a great question. You know, I think the first one is that you need to understand your marketplace. Um, you need to understand your target market. Um, again, remember, I had worked as a professional pastry chef. Then I had worked in a shared commercial kitchens where I was around other food entrepreneurs, and I was in sort of the small food entrepreneur community for many years, going to trade shows, and so just understanding the marketplace, understanding who those people were, understanding what problems they were facing, um, made it made it so that I could create a business that was authentic. Um, I hope that my website has never come across as though I'm trying to be sort of like a used car salesman, but instead is coming across as very authentic, very caring, very um, true to trying to help the other food entrepreneurs who are out there. So the first thing is really understanding who your, who your target audience is and whether that's through personal experience or whether that's through research that you do, but really having an understanding of who they they are, what problems they have, how your product or service is going to help solve that problem for them or help make their life easier. That is, I, I think, the number one thing. And it's something that I mentioned time and time again on the website. You have to understand who your target market is. The second one is before you, for those, if you haven't taken the leap yet, I really do recommend spending time to develop a business plan um, and understanding where it is you want this business to go in the short term in the next 12 months, but also in the long term in three, five, 10 years. What do you want this business to do for you, both personally and uh, financially? Having Taking the time to lay that plan out really helps you determine, well, the business model that I'm thinking of is it going to work the way that I think it will? It, a business plan is going to is forces you to challenge some of the assumptions you may have made about your business idea, and it forces you to back those up. So I think it just better prepares you to be an entrepreneur. But like I said, ultimately, you do have to take a leap. There's no 100% guaranteed. And so my third piece of advice really is that when you get to that point, or you've done all the research and you you truly believe you know that you've you've put everything that you can thus far into this business to get it up and running. You just sort of have to have faith that you have the wings behind you and jump off that cliff um, and trust that those wings are going to catch you. 
Mm, great takeaways there. I mean, those are golden nuggets that Jennifer just shared with us. So let me just summarize them again for our listeners. So the first one is to really understand your marketplace or your target audience. Who are you serving? What are you serving them with? And how are you going to reach them? It's really important to really take time to know who your audience are, who you are targeting to serve. And then the second one is to take the time to lay out your business plan. I mean, I cannot stress this enough. It really forces you and it doesn't have to be pages and pages of a business plan. I only have a one page business plan, but I know where my business is going, where I'm going to be generating revenue, who are my target market, what am I going to be providing them and where do I want this business to go? It's going to be as simple as that. It doesn't have to be a complicated business plan. It can be just one page. Uh, the most important thing is that you know who are you serving, what are you serving them with and how are you going to make money from this because we are in business to be profitable. I mean, I'm, I know and I'm sure our, our, all of you or our listeners are not doing this for, for, for a hobby. We are in business for something. So it's really important to create that and take time to create that business plan so that you have a step-by-step plan on how to get to where you want to go. And then, of course, the third one, which is really important, is to just take that leap. I mean, get that idea out. If you're not going to put that idea out, if you're not going to get started you are not going to go anywhere. It's still going to be, be where you are today if you are not if you are not willing to take the leap of faith and trust that it's going to work out. Um, I mean, there are so many, uh, I'm sure, for our listeners out there who are on the, on the fences of, oh, you have a great idea, you know that you're passionate about it, but you are afraid of taking the leap. Just get it out there. Just get started. Just take some small steps, small actions to lead you uh, for, to your um, your goal. So great takeaways. I'm going to make sure to have those on our show notes. Last but not least, Jennifer, share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service where they can get it, and what's the best way that our listeners can connect with you, and then we'll end from there. Absolutely. The biggest benefit and the thing that I always work towards on the site is to create a community for food entrepreneurs. So even if you come to the site and you never buy anything off the site, I am totally fine with that. I just want food entrepreneurs from all over the world to come join our community. Um, The more people that we have, it's sort of like a great soup. The more ingredients that you add to it, the better the soup becomes. And the more food entrepreneurs that we have come into the community, the more questions that get asked, the more ideas that are shared with other people. Um, and overall, it just sends the community as a whole. And so that is what I always work towards as being the biggest benefit and would encourage other food entrepreneurs who are out there to come check us out. We're at smallfoodbiz.com and that's biz, B-I-Z. So it's smallfoodbiz.com. All right, so that's www.smallfoodbiz.com. I'll make sure to have this on our show notes for our listeners out there, especially if you are in the food industry. I highly encourage you to be in that community, smallfoodbiz.com. Be in that community, create that community inside small food business. And I'm sure you can can all benefit from the resources, from the tools, from the advice, from the tips that that Jennifer and her company is sharing with all of us at smallfoodbiz. So that's smallfoodbiz.com for our listeners. So at least be on their newsletter so you can be updated on what they're putting out there. And if their products and services resonate with you, I highly encourage you to jump in and for our listeners out there especially if you are in the food industry 
I highly encourage you to join the community at smallfoodbiz.com. I'll make sure to have this on our show notes. Again, that link is www.smallfoodbiz.com. And by the way, all of these resources and the links that are mentioned in today's podcast will be made available in a beautiful infographic show notes at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Jennifer Louise or just type in her name on the search bar and it will find it for you. Again, that link is www.smallfoodbiz.com. Jennifer, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise for being a role model to many and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Oh, thank you so much. I I have so much gratitude for this opportunity. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two. Click the rate and review button. Step number three, say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four, type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as TLW Fan of the Day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.